going on everybody welcome back to the swingman podcast as ever i'm your host jules and ledger joined as i am every week by lewis howard and louis halpin here to break down everything that's gone on in the nba it is podcast number 71 i want to say i believe it's 71 um and yeah we haven't really got normally we kind of just before we jump in and, and record this podcast we normally go yeah let's let's go through this point this point this point but we was like no nah, we'll leave this as like an an open like a townhouse sort of pod and we're just gonna let the conversation flow as it is um so uh as such louis is there a point you want to start off with okay if we're we're going through this sort of you know this sort of format i think the first thing that's been plaguing my head these last couple of weeks is i have a i have a few all-star regrets from my picks does anyone else have a few oh, yeah. regrets from their picks? What, regrets in such as you regret like, not picking i regret them yeah regret not picking, picking uh both you know like, I... I have, I have one I can think of, not for not picking them, but where I put them. Well, I would have had one, but thankfully I then changed it in during the discussion to remember that Anthony Davis actually does play basketball. So um, probably won't even no, be able to no, he probably won't. Okay. The, the ones I have, right? Um, I wouldn't put De'Aaron Fox in there. I did say that at the time. To be fair, I was just like he's had, had a good week, basically. You might as well put him in. Did you put Aaron Fox? Yeah, in I did, I did because, yeah, he was East, uh, not Eastern Conference, Western Conference Player of the Week when I put him in. They were doing quite well. They were in the sort of playoff picture. Now they've gone on. Oh my league. god, you actually did. Yeah, I believe they're on a seven-game losing streak now. Um, something like that. That's just how it goes for the Kings, isn't it? They can look good sometimes, bad the other. Um, thinking about that now, I probably would have rather put in a Suns player uh, now because um, you know they're playing very, very well at the moment. That is either, obviously, Devin Booker or that's Chris Paul. And I was thinking about that um, because Devin Booker's obviously putting up the more, um, I think you'd say, all-star worthy stats, that type of thing, scoring more. Um, but shouldn't the, like an all-star be measured of like how valuable or important they are to their team? And last year without Chris Paul, this team was, well, I mean, they done well in the bubble, but round about a 10th, 11th seed, something like that for the rest of the season mm-hmm. since he's come in they are i think probably certified home court um so it would certainly appear that way right now um he's pretty much i mean i know they've got jay crowder and a, you know that guy in the draft all that sort of stuff but he is the biggest addition obviously he's playing the most minutes of the new players um Mm. I, I think he deserves to be an all-star again this year to be fair that's so that was one of my regrets and i also regret kind of putting in trey young um, I'd put in either Zach Levine or maybe even Ben Simmons or someone like that instead of him. I don't know. Um, and then I probably should put in Julius Randle as well. So I have quite a few regrets, to be fair. I think my number one regret was not putting James Harden in the starters. Mm. I think if I was to do it again, I, I would have him in my starting five, personally. Just off of... Have? 
as your starting guards? I had I had Kyrie and uh, Bradley Beal, mm. but I think I'd maybe because basically I didn't want to put two Brooklyn players as the two guards, yeah. so I was choosing between Kyrie and Harden. But now I think I'd lean a bit towards more towards Harden. Maybe that's a bit of reason because I feel like Kyrie was better earlier on, partly because you know there was a lot of issues surrounding Chase Harden, who was still in Houston at the time, and they were trying to trade him, but I think since he's been at Brooklyn, James Harden's actually really impressed me, so I'd probably put him in the starters. Yeah, I put him in my starters initially, to be fair, so I don't I don't have any qualms with that. I think he's been truly tremendous. He, you said yesterday, actually, when we were talking, he's sort of creeping into that MVP conversation, really, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've said we had this conversation when we were talking about Kevin Durant, and I think it'll be along the same lines, which is because they've got three superstars, Brooklyn, it's very difficult for any of them to win MVP. But at the moment, because KD's not playing that many games currently, you are looking to who is the best performer in that Brooklyn team at the moment. I do think it is James Harden. So that's why he's creeping up a little bit. But the fact that he's on a team with Kyrie and KD. Yeah, will especially when KD gets back playing again, it will go against them. Yeah, Joel, did you have any regrets, or was it just the? No, I can't, I can't, I can't say I've had any. Out. I can't say I've got any regrets I, in sort of of when I'm looking at I mine and I'm you should going have, back through them. I think you should have one. I think you should have one. What's my one regret? I I I think you should regret putting Luca in over. Oh, uh, what starting lineup? That yeah, is, yeah, but that's just me. You know, you can you entitled to your opinion, but I do think Dame definitely deserves it. Uh, yeah, you probably going to look the debate to be fair, isn't it? Over the last week, you can probably mm. look back at it and go from there. But oh, I don't know if actually if I want to say that in terms of the fact that I'm going to imagine Dallas being better than Portland come the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, like the child, Portland have been so much better than Dallas so far this year. So much better, um, yeah. and that and obviously that's not entirely like to do with Luca. And all of that. No, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, but it's something you have to factor in when you when you make the decision yeah. of who to put in the stars. Because obviously, I'm not saying it's like, oh my god, it's a catastrophe. You can't put Luca in over Dame. What are you doing? It's just, yeah, I, I do think Dame is that clear enough ahead where it's it, it is something that you should. I mean, regret, doesn't even I guess regret. It's not that bad, but yeah, does it even matter if they start or not? Like, I mean, I know half the not really half the no. players don't even want to be there. Um, yeah. considering like the, the whole rest and all that sort of stuff but I, I wonder if there's a discrepancy in like pay or whatever um i mean the fan vote takes up the majority of the starter thing doesn't it like that's really what decides it and luca we we, we carry our european boys over here um yeah he got true. a lot of votes I last can respect year it in that sense yeah yeah he, he got a lot of votes yeah, last George year, George votes this year george picking up the european boys i can uh, i can get behind that I mean, uh, speaking on, I mean, if we're going sort of free flowing, doesn't actually because I've brought up this topic. Does anyone have anything else they want to talk about? Uh, no. Yeah, there is one thing. There is one thing I think we should cover, and that's uh, I want to hear a certain person's opinion here because they are quite the stand of this team, and it's the Timberwolves <laughs> sacking Ryan Saunders and then hiring Chris Finch. Mm. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on how you feel about that going down, whether it was a good thing, bad thing, yeah. what you'd like to see, just just from a Timberwolves fan's perspective, basically. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't, I don't know much about the actual the guy that they just hired. To be fair, um, I will say one thing: you don't get many, you know, like sacking announcements, and then we've signed this guy immediately after announcements. Um, yeah. in, in any sport, to be fair, much less the NBA. Sometimes it takes a little bit more time than that. You usually get like a little interim. He does sort of like one or two games, and you get the new person in. Um, so this was obviously something that was was probably in the works for a little while, and I think probably something that was was quite deserved in the end unfortunately ryan saunders was obviously the son legendary flip saunders probably well he's definitely the greatest coach in timberwolves history there's not been a, a great deal of success within that organization granted be gone to the western conference finals golden years etc so um it's sad to see him go but they needed to change something didn't they i mean you could just say the Timberwolves could just tank out the rest of the season because they've got nothing. They're not going to get the playoffs. They're obviously not going to get to that level where they can even get a play in, I don't think. But they don't really have that to play for. They don't have a tank to play for because unless that pick falls in the top three, which is, I believe, a 42% chance, which is something I wouldn't really want to bank on, that pick's going straight to Golden State Warriors next season. So they don't even have that first round pick to play for. So I think you just got to try and build a, a whatever type of winning culture you can for the rest of the season. I know it's been unfortunate because Carl Anthony Towns has uh, been out for long periods this season. He had COVID as well, was out for a month mm. with that. Angelo Russell, he had knee surgery, I believe, a week or a couple of weeks ago, and he's been out. So they haven't really played together a great load. Not saying it's been great when they have done anyway. Um, but they just have to develop those young players that they have there. Um it's funny because we perceive Carl Anthony Towns as like a young player. He's 25 now. Like he'll be That's still quite young. He is quite young. Yeah, but you must admit young. there's a discrepancy in timelines between Anthony Edwards, who's what 19, um, needs a lot of growing. Don't get me wrong, and like because that team's no, not good enough. No, I think that's right quite good. You think, think like that age mesh as well? No, look, look. Look, from the Timberwolves' perspective, what they're going to be looking at is holding on to them to as tightly yeah. as possible. Now, if they lock them both down, let's say they lock Carl Anthony down, Towns down until he's 30 and they lock and they've got Anthony Edwards until he's like 24, 25, right? They're looking at that. If they're in the last year of that, they've got a, a cat in his 30s, in like just before he turns 30, which should be in his prime. And Anthony Edwards, a number one pick that they're thinking, if he's going to be this number one pick as the majority of them do, when they're around the 24, 25, that's when they start to really kind of turn it up a notch so if they're not challenging for something come then then yeah it's been an absolute disaster in their eyes but uh, i think yeah. that that's not an issue at all for me if uh, if cat were to i mean he's got i believe three years left on his contract after the season so he's got a while yet i know i know we've seen players like demand trades out and get trades out like years in advance but yeah. they've got a little bit of time but if it carries on going the way it is, like you'd have to seriously question his his mentality if he were to sign again in the with the Minnesota Timberwolves because they they've just proven like they haven't proven that they can sort of build a winning team around him, have they? Really? Um, the thing that would I'll, worry me more is, I mean, the quote I saw from Carl Anthony Towns was that he found out about the sacking whilst he was eating some pizza with his dad. It's like he wasn't informed in the decision at all, mm-hmm. and you kind of like he's the franchise like star player. And I know that, like, obviously teams are going to set what they want to do in the majority of it. But, I mean, I don't care what you tell me. If the Clippers want to sack someone, they run it by Kawhi yeah. and they ask mm-hmm. Kawhi. They're not going to ask for his permission, but they're going to be like, are you okay with the guy we're going to bring in as a replacement, like, just to clear things? They've not done that with Cat by the looks of it, which is a bit strange to me. 
So yeah, to to me, the most interesting part of all of this is the process in which they have sacked and hired a a new man, well, a new coach. And I I was reading into it a little bit, and apparently, with how Chris Finch came about and how it happened so quickly. Well, first off, the uh, president of the Timberwolves said that timing and logistics of trying to conduct an interview process during a pandemic were the reasons <laughs> for such a quick appointment. And if you mm-hmm. look, if you look back at the history between Finch and uh, and the president, I think it's. I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong, but I think it's Rosas, the, the president Rosas. of the uh, Timberwolves. Yeah. And if you look back, actually, when Saunders was getting got hired, Chris Finch was one of the finalists for that. So they'd already interviewed him already. And Finch and Rosas had worked together in the Rockets organization like 10 years ago. Mm. So when you see that, you realize why it happened so quickly. But I know one of the criticisms people have had is obviously when interviewing or trying to find a new head coach, in the NBA, they make a point that uh, a lot of black and minority coaches, or a black and minority coach, has to be interviewed during the. And obviously, oh, okay. this being so quick meant it meant it didn't happen. And so, there's mm-hmm. been some criticism for that. And I will say, just first of all, that Rosas is the first Latino president of an NBA team, and they has a very diverse front office and staff. So, you know, whether whether you think it this is part of the problem or not is one thing, but I will say I do think it goes to show how easy it is for the like head, head or the presidents and people to go over that and how, you know, you know, you have those like friends of friends that always get the jobs. Yeah. I think this is a good example of how that happens because, you know, they, they had worked together 10 years ago. So if they need to get someone in quick, you know, they just grab him in. And I think that it just goes show why having those things in place to give people opportunities are so important. There's also a, what I was going to say, I think there's, it's a, a franchise a bit in flux as well because uh, Glenn Taylor wants to sell the franchise. And that's been in the process for like, I think since last summer now. Um, I know KG was rumored to be wanted to buy. I don't know if he has the money for that sort of thing. Um, and and a, a few, like, if you, if an owner comes and buys, that franchise, there's no guarantee they keep it in a small market like Minnesota. Maybe they want to move it back to Seattle, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of things going wrong, not wrong, but like it doesn't seem like there's sort of a a clear pathway forward right now for that franchise. So they need to build one quick. That's why I said winning culture, just try and win as many games as possible because I don't think it's worth tanking when there is a 58% chance that you don't keep that uh, keep that pick. Um, well, I, thought, I found it quite strange with the rush to to get someone in, realistically, because mm, I mean, yeah, I what, they're not challenging for anything. They could have took their time and got an appointment that they were potentially that they were potentially they're really happy with Chris Finch. And also, I mean, Chris Finch, pretty confident in the UK. That's a character from The Office. I may be mistaken. When I first heard that, I did think of Chris Finch from The Office. Um, but I mean, I remember, I've seen his face from when he was on the Toronto bench. But it's more of the potentially that is their number one guy and they wanted him for a long time and they just saw an opportunity to get him and they pounced. Um, but I think there was no need to kind of to rush the scenario for it. Uh, I've just been informed that I think Lewis Howard has, has, has had some technical issues and has dropped yeah. from, uh, from the podcast recording currently. Um, 
But we'll, I mean, we'll let you know when he's back. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we'll let we'll but, let you know when he's technical. Oh, oh, oh uh, yeah. uh, just in queue. I might be back time. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're honestly, I <laughs> I can't be bothered. I really can't. But is it, is I, I was trying to make quite an important media. point there. It, it, it is, yeah, and I will we be on the phone important to point again. to be fair. You got the important point across. Uh, as long as I got it across, because I didn't know at what point I dropped, because no one said anything. I was like, when did it go? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, we got the point. Uh, okay, good. Yeah, I, I think that's enough on the Timberwolves now, to be fair, because largely irrelevant this season. I mean, I haven't, I've, I've, I must admit, even as someone who's more affectionate towards the franchise, I haven't watched a lot of their games or a lot of their hearts. I'm, I'm sorry about that. But, um, one one team, someone here stands at the Boston Celtics, and they right now are rubbish. We're stinking um, up the joint. They you know are what? I've, seen, the joint. I've seen I've seen the Boston Brit on Instagram. Shout out to the Boston Brit on Instagram. He, he's staying positive for everything, but um, <laughs> I, I've seen him stinking up for the joint in the league at the moment for what for what the expectations were is what I'd say. Mm. Because they're obviously not, they're not like, they're not like the Timberwolves. Just clarify. Oh, no, no, no. For, for what yeah, this, we've expected what of the Celtics, yeah. yeah. For what we've expected, for them to be 15 and 15 is pretty poor currently. I will say. Like the Knicks, the Knicks are right on them. Yeah, <laughs> like if the yeah, Knicks are on anyone you're looking at. That is interesting, yeah. I will say two things. One, I don't know if I can be called a Celtic stand. Ah, no, That's a bit I've uh, been lumped Louis, in we, on this now. We can agree here that Lewis is the Swingman Podcast yeah, residential okay. yeah, Boston for us Celtic stand. Yeah, you know what? For us free, I'll accept it. The other thing I'd say is when we did our over-unders, I did put the Celtics over and said I thought they'd be a bit worse. So I'm taking <laughs> that to the bank at the moment. Wait, you had them over though? No, I had them under. I 100% I had the Celtics. I also had the Bucks over, which we're going to He did have them we'll under. He's, no, he's right. Um, <laughs> but the, the Celtics, yeah. I, I did think that they would be a little bit worse. They have been worse than I thought they'd be, even so. Even though they mm. are 15 and 15, so you know, they can quite easily kick on and be fine. And I'm I like an idiot for being... For, praising myself for saying that they were going to go under. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not even going to even start on over and under because I'm 95% certain I said that <laughs> oh, the Wizards East, were going to be above mess. 34%. Yeah. But I, I had a look with Louis or, uh, not too long ago and I, I was looking through my East predictions. I was like, oh my God, yeah, the, the amount of these that are wrong is hilarious. I mean, New York are doing better than we ever expected. Uh, yeah. Chicago, probably Charlotte, uh, Atlanta are doing worse. Washington are doing worse. So the it's Knicks all are doing there. way better. Yeah. yeah. So that's just unfortunate. But Soon as you let me monologue on on the Timberwolves, I'll let you monologue on on Boston. I mean, I think I have a pretty decent idea of where it's going wrong. Okay, you say it, and I'll and okay. I'll tell you what I think about it. Um, so Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have leveled up as scorers. We should we would say um, like this season, but firstly, I don't think it's very like fluid. I it, it feels a bit uh, your go my go. I've used that term before, and I'm going to use it again. <laughs> uh, it feels just like. Yeah, he he gets the ball, he gets the ball. It's like that type of thing. So it doesn't really flow around beautifully. Um, but outside of those two anyway, there's not a great deal of scoring right now anyway. I will say that because since Kemba's been back, my God, he's been toilet, and he um he's had a couple of good games actually. That's a bit harsh, but he hasn't been he hasn't been to the standards of of previous seasons. Certainly not to the all NBA standards he set in his last Charlotte season. Um, and then after that, obviously, that I think they do miss the scoring of, and playmaking of Golden Hayward. Um, defensively, mm-hmm. I, d- I don't think they're too bad. Um, Tristan Thompson does add a bit more on that end, but uh, offensively, he hasn't done anything. It, it, 
been quite disappointing for that from that regard recently because I thought that was quite a good signing. Um, mm. But I think all in all, I would just say they they need more scoring. They need like a genuine third piece to come in um, because otherwise it is basically relying on Jalen and Jason getting about 30 points each for them to win a game is what I feel yeah. like right now. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a few things I agree with, with with what you said. One of them being, you know, we, we do have to say as a caveat, obviously Kemba did miss a lot of games this year. Yeah. So, you know, maybe if he'd have played every game, they'd, have, they, they'd be a bit better than they are. But, the basketball between him, Tatum, and Jalen Brown, as you said, I don't think it them three together is the greatest fit. And you'd like someone, maybe, and I'm not saying it's Kemba's fault, obviously, but someone that's a bit more of a playmaker for the other two. Hmm. But at the same time, as you said, you know, you do need Kemba to be that third scorer, which he can be as well. So it, it's kind of, would you rather have one thing or the other there? But one of the reasons I did think I wasn't as big on the Celtics as a start as maybe you is I think you were a lot higher on the Tristan Thompson signing than I was. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was going to make the biggest difference in the world, and it really hasn't. And with Kemba not being as great as he has coming back, I'm sure he will get better, but at the moment he isn't performing well. It is largely reliant on Jason Tatum and Jalen yeah. Brown at the moment. So, can I, can I just throw you a stat? As far as stat your way. So they were fourth in offensive rating last year, 112.8 points uh, per mm. 100 presentions. This season so far, um, it's not over, obviously, but they are 17th. The current sits 17th, and that's below the likes of Sacramento, who are quite high, actually, in 11th. Um, Chicago, the Pacers, who have missing Victor Oladipo. Well, they, they traded Victor Oladipo. They've had a few injury issues. Um only a little bit a bit above Golden State and Charlotte. Um, that offense is just not good enough. And like defensively, uh, let me have a look actually, because I don't think they're too bad defensively when I mm. watch them. Okay, they're about eleventh, and last year they were uh, fourth. Uh, there's a bit of a drop off there, but I don't think that's too big of an issue. I think the scoring really is an issue, and I think. If they want to compete this year, I don't know if they do. I mean, they've got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum locked up. They're young. It's not a pressing issue, I don't think. Um, yeah. But they don't have a lot in the locker, do they, if they do want to go and trade for someone? I've heard Vucevic rumours, which I think would be pretty good for them. Not a good defender, but he's very, very solid offensive big man. Um, verge of an all-star. I think that'd be quite good. But I don't know who they could trade for him. Uh, yeah. Not a I lot mean... of young assets. Whenever it comes to the trades, you, it's hard to just spitball them straight off the top. You have to really delve into it and see what they could actually do. So I yeah. think that's something we'd have to look into. But I do I do think a uh, a big man is probably ne- needed for them. And I didn't think Tristan Thompson would be the solution. And it hasn't been. And also, I did think they would miss what Gordon Hayward brings to them. I know even when he was there, people said, you know, there was too many people. It's like that too many cooks spoil the broth thing and maybe him leaving wouldn't have been as big of an issue. But I do think he does. He did help facilitate their play quite a bit and they are missing that. So, yeah, I'm not sure how the Celtics are going to sort it out, but I do think they will get a bit better and they should be all right in the playoffs as well, I think. 
you know their game translates quite well. Mm. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens, but yeah, it's, it's not the greatest of times at the moment. But I don't think it's all doom and gloom. No, I think it's the the thing that a little bit perplexes me is what I'll say is the I, I think tr- I wasn't as as big on Tristan Thompson as you was, Louis, but I did think it was a good pickup for them and an upgrade. I don't get the Daniel Tice at power forward starting as well. And then the Kemba Walker issue, I think although he although he's coming back now, it still hasn't been that many games for him. Like this is a yeah. team that you'll judge. It's too early to judge them now, especially with the likes of Brown and Tatum of what they can do. If Kemba gets flowing with them two as well, they can be very dangerous in the playoffs. But obviously, right now they're just not showing it. So like I wouldn't be that stressed out about it there is a concern there but it's not nothing that is going to start ringing alarm bells and i mean those two aren't getting traded anytime soon so you kind of got to try and make this really work so um it's one to kind of stick in and just see how it's it's a set and forget and you see how it goes towards the end of a towards the end of the season for this in the playoffs yeah i agree it's kind of like when we looked at the Raptors earlier on in the season, everyone's like, oh my God, they've been absolutely terrible, but they've really started to pick up lately. And I think it is just, while I do think there are some problems with that Celtics team, they should still be better than they are and come the end of the season. And especially with what Brad Stevens can do. Like, I've I've got no doubts yeah. on Brad Stevens. So. I think it all like it all depends on what your view of this team is. Do you know what I mean? Like whether they should be competing because they made an Eastern Conference Finals last year, made an Eastern Conference Finals, not, the year before, but the year before that, um, I think the Celtics pretty... are always going to be the Celtics are always going to be looking at conference finals. Realistically, exactly. So, mm. do you think they could make a conference final? I don't think they can make a conference finals right in now. In the I current don't... state, no, I'd be silly to say that they can. But it's they've got they have the talent there to challenge for it right now. I... In the form that they're in, you couldn't mm. say that they are. I don't know. I think I may be feeling less confident in Kemba getting back up to scratch the new two are. Um, I don't think he was very good in the playoffs last year anyway, to be quite honest. Um, he was mm. coming off an injury then. Yeah, I was so going to say, did he have like, injuries though? Yeah, he did. But that's a sort of the, you know, the uh, the story on him right now. And I think it's because yeah. he's a bit of a smaller guy as well. They tend to age a little bit more poorly. But I don't know. We'll see. I don't think as currently constructed, they'll do anything of note. But yeah, that's my I mean, opinion. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. Because if, if, if you weighed it out right now, you yeah. Know. Take the nets over them. You'd, you'd probably take, take the sixes, sixes over them. Bucks is a question as well. Even even that's, the Raptors, the way question. they've been that's playing. Yeah, yeah. Pacers, I, you know, not not as currently constructed either. I suppose it's not. Yeah, when you can when you take it into like that account, but I think the nets and sixes are clear right now. Clear. Well, mm. are, are, are we done on the Celtics here? Because there yeah, is something yeah, yeah. that I have. I, I have. Uh, I did want to talk about realistically um and it also it kind of ties in with tristan thompson because uh i was watching that game when they played the pelicans and uh they drew up a play svg drew up a plan for uh, a play i should say for for zion to win the ball game put him on tristan thompson absolutely bully balled him um and the pelicans sitting in 11th now are we thinking the pelicans are going to make the playoffs this year um i'm gonna say I'm pretty confident I said no at the start of the year and I, and I would say no now, but I'm going to double check the standings real quick. Just to, just to double I mean, check. when you look at the, I mean, the West is just, it's different gravy out there. Right yeah. Now. I don't like, think they will. I don't think they will. Just double see, that's just mad to me that the Pels ain't going to make the playoffs with the talents that they've got. 
they're still just rubbish defensively. They couldn't defend the paper yeah, bag if they wanted to. Um, offensively, like we've had discussions as well, haven't we, previously about, oh, is, is it really going to work with the sort of spacing they have with Zion, uh, Stephen Adams, Lonzo, other, uh, Bledsoe as well. I'm not sure if he's still starting for them, to be fair, but like that starting lineup doesn't scream like fluid basketball too, because like it's going to mean you're just going to pack up the paint, basically. Yeah, but like um, it should be it a works. decent it defensive works. outfit. It should be. I don't know why it isn't. Is it's because I, I can only put it down to a couple things. Um, I think it's Zion and Brandon Ingram not trying. I, Zion does not try on defense. Like if he, that's not even like a matter of stats or whatever. Just watch him play, and he doesn't try as hard as he used to, especially in college. I once saw that man like die for loose balls, uh, you know, block shots from the free. But point. do you think like, that's that's him being a bit coy to try and not get injured and just like, probably res- yeah. like, reserve himself? Maybe he's not conditioned well enough to to uh, put his efforts on both ends of the floor. I don't know if it's like a defensive scheme thing from the coach. Oh, Zion's um, been playing like, like Zion played forty minutes the other night when they went home <laughs> to with the Celtics. Like he's he's not. Like Lonzo, he played more than Lonzo did. Like it's not. I don't even think it's yeah. a case of that anymore. The thing is yeah, with Zion, his story. offensive game. Like how many points does he have? So twenty five. Yeah, I think it's like twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. His twenty five points are hard. They're not like you know pull up from three point range type of thing. Do a little bit of dancing. He's posting up. He's like putting his elbow into people, his shoulder into mm. people's side. Like. I just don't think he's well conditioned in that. I, don't, I definitely don't think he's at the right way. I think everyone has said that at this stage. So that's not like a n- new piece of information. Um, but I don't think he's well conditioned enough to put in the effort on both ends of the floor. And I think it really, really does hurt him defensively because he just doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's it's weird because he has been fantastic offensive. Like his offensive yeah. efficiency is insane. He, he's been brilliant for them. And, you know... Brandon Ingram's been good as well, as you say, but as a defensive unit, they are awful. And when when you're in the West with so many other good teams, it it does just take its toll. Like if you if you have that kind of difference between your how well you are, how good you are offensive, offensively, and how bad you are defensively, you're just not gonna probably not gonna get in the playoffs. Yeah, I will say though, Lonzo has been playing much better lately. Yeah, he has been. His three-point percentage has gone through the roof, hasn't it? Mm. But at the same time, it's still... It's not enough. That, that just, alone is not enough West, for them to it? be a like, good basketball team. But it's just the West. Like You're it looking is. at Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, and you're like, okay, unbelievable two talents, and they're 11th, and you're like, Luka Doncic isn't in the playoffs right now. <laughs> yeah, but then like, you look just, at someone like mental. a Spurs team who are performing yeah. really well and are a very good cohesive unit, and that is, you know, a lot of the time, sometimes the difference between a team like them and a team like the Pelicans, who you'd say have probably got more star power. But I, they honestly, just, I thought you were about have to whip out. I weaknesses. thought you was about to whip out the hard work beats talent when talent. Fails <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't about to say that. All uh, no. right, I thought that's what was coming there. No. Um, uh, the, the thing is, though, um, they may not make a playoff spot, but they could certainly make a. I mean, they're very much within a shout of the playing. Uh, yeah. Three games back from the Memphis Grizzlies right now, it, it's all sort of jumbled because different teams have played different amounts of games. Um, yeah. I, I just love the playing tournament, don't you? Like, I love that addition to the season because like, those games are going to be so play. good. Those yeah. games are going to be unbelievable. Hopefully, like Bojo pulls his finger out and we can watch them as a group because, like, yeah. genuine, <laughs> they're, they're going to be unreal. 
Yeah, it keeps more teams in play for the whole of the season, doesn't it? Like, whereas if you were sort of 12, if if you were like the Houston Rockets right now, who are 11 and 18, full team seed in the West, you would probably just pack up and like tank to the rest of, for the rest of the season at this stage. But, you know, you're, you're not, you're like two or three games back from being in the 10th seed and then getting in the playing tournament and then maybe getting the playoffs. I just think that's such a great addition to the season, personally. It's such a drawing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to talk about the Bucks as well because I think we've teased this a little bit. We've had like little snippets here and there, like oh, we don't think they're doing that well. Um, so I've got some um, st- some stats for you to provide a bit of context to what we mean because they're not like dreadful. Are they their third seed in the East, eighteen and thirteen record? But I believe they're in those games. Right, they played against uh, the Cavs and I believe the Pistons. Uh, six of those games. So those are the two bottom seeds in the Eastern Conference. They won six of those games. The rest of the time, um, I think they've gone like 14. I, I, I might have done the, the maths wrong here, but it's like 14 and 13 against the rest of the uh, like teams they've played. Um, so against better teams, they, they're, they're like a 500 or something so team. Um, yeah. I, have you I think them a lot this season? Is what I, I haven't say. watched. I haven't watched the Bucks as much as a lot of other teams. No, no, neither have I actually. Uh, but... Yeah, <laughs> I can't speak to it as much. But you do because obviously they're the third seed in the West, so you can't. It's one of those ones where it's relative again because when you see the Bucks the past few years, you see them as the, a perennial one seed, mm. and that's why when you see like I had them over from from what the over-under was and it was a little bit less than last year even with the shortened games i think and i was like oh yeah no brainer over it's the bucks they they always do well in the regular season and you don't now you're seeing a little bit of a drop off i think we've had this conversation before where i said obviously i'm less confident about them in the regular season at the moment but i don't think that makes as much of a difference for them in the playoffs because in the playoffs they still weren't doing up to what our expectations are of them uh, and so even if they're a bit worse in the regular season now well, does that make you less confident for them in the playoffs not really because they nah, weren't doing particularly true. great anyway so yeah that's true i i think one thing you can point to i mean this is more statistics like i said i haven't watched the bucks a great deal they're probably one of the teams i have a, like a less strong opinion on um mm. But defensively, they've taken a little bit of a step yeah. step back, and that surprises me because, you know, Drew for, Drew Holiday for Bledsoe. That's sort of, I, I think Drew Holiday is a, a slightly better defender. But Eric Bledsoe is a very good defender. Don't get me wrong. Um, so I don't think that can be an issue. Um, they lost George Hill, Wesley Matthews. You know, these sort of bench players who can maybe, like, get a few stops off the bench. Okay, granted, but like. It, they they just don't look as good defensively this season or not. And I know we had that discussion, was it last week or the week before, about um, where George said Yanis was like, uh, I don't think you said he wasn't a good defensive player. I can't remember what exactly what you said. He's just um, not what I would describe as a defensive. Like I, I, I'm talking about someone that is going to go and pick up the best player in the team on the last play. And Yanis isn't that guy to me. Yeah, it, it wasn't. The, the conversation wasn't more about that. It was something along the lines of saying like, you don't think of Yanis as a defensive player or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and he is. I, I but, do get what you mean. But I, uh, 
Yeah, I do agree with you. They have definitely got worse. And just looking at the raw statistics anyway, they have got worse defensively. Yeah. It's just eye test. And even when you look at Yanis still, like come the playoffs again, you're not going to be like, oh, he's fine. He's going to have a jump shot and just solve all his issues. Because yeah. it still looks, even though he can shoot, it's awkward. Do you know what mm. I mean? I would at this stage fob that off. Like, I, I don't believe he can sort of, maybe over a period of years that gets better or whatever, but if we're expecting yeah, that What are you going to do with him? You can't um, put him in the dunker spot. Like... You've got to let Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, I think, take the shots in the last couple of minutes of a playoff game. And I know that just seems surreal. Like, you've got your best player who's maybe like a top five player in the league and he's not taking as many shots or like directing the offense in the last couple of minutes. But that that's just what it's got to be, I think. I feel those players are more suited to those scenarios and they need yeah. to practice that in the regular season a bit and, more. And that's why... You know, you mentioned Drew Holiday there. That's why, even though they are doing worse in the regular season at the moment, I'm. it doesn't make me less concerned in the playoffs because actually in the playoffs, I think the team constructed the way it is now is probably going to be a bit better than it was last year. But it is about sorting out people's roles and who's going to do what. Yeah. So if if you know if they're doing the testers now and that means they're a bit worse in the regular season, but it helps them come playoff time, then overall that's going to be a positive. Do I think that's the case right now? Not really. I'm not sure that's what they're doing, to be honest. No. So it once again, that I, I still don't think it's cause for concern, but it's, it's you know not what? a good look regardless. I'll, I'll hold my hands up right now and say I'm a coach bud disbeliever. I don't think he can do I don't think he can do it in the playoffs. I mean, that was an absolute stinker last season, wasn't it? I mean, he was playing he was playing like yeah, it's like 30 minutes a game in a playoffs game. Like, come on. Uh like def- like defensively and offensively, I just don't think he adapts his systems enough season to season. Like they're playing the same way uh as they did last season, where they sort of pack the paint defensively and like lead people to shoot kind of open three pointers, to be honest. And that worked well last season, but it's not working well this season. I don't think he really has the answers to it. Whereas Brad Stevens, you alluded to earlier, George, I think he's a, a coach who can sort of think of something on the fly. I'd be quite confident in him. Nick Nurse, I think he's the best Yeah, coach. they're the two. They're the yeah. two that come to mind when you think of adapting to, yeah. to, to uh, what they think is necessary. Yeah. I was gonna say Doc Rivers. <laughs> he's had a few he's had a few stinkers in the playoffs as well. So maybe I'll stray away from that. Um Steve Nash, we don't know. So that's that's just something else. But mm. yeah, yeah. Um uh, I'm, I'm placing them firmly below the Sixers and the Nets as well. Um, even though the Sixers, are, I have my serious doubts when it comes to playoffs as well. I want to see how that works as much as I want to see how the Bucks work. But I don't know. There's something about this season that I feel I don't feel as strongly about the Bucks as I did last year. And even then, I was a bit no. doubtful. To be fair, no, I, yeah. I, I definitely don't. J- just on the basis of what I'm seeing from Yanis in the playoff time, just hasn't been. It, it, nothing in his game is suggesting that he's going to be any different this year again. And teams are just going to wall up on him, play Jordan rules on him as such, and leave him to the perimeter. And Yanis isn't a threat realistically from the perimeter. It's just as, it's as simple as that. Um, just before we go, uh, I did want to say um, the Knicks are still doing it. You, your, your app isn't incorrect. The Knicks are actually in the playoffs still. Uh, they are... 15 and 16 right now 
And it is it is becoming quite alarming at how well they're going because I'd actually quite like to see the Knicks in the playoffs because I think it would just be brilliant in terms of everything. Of It is the most 2020 thing that you can imagine, even we're in 2021 now. That is like that something's creeped into the new year, of like that madness of a year, and it's the Knicks being in the playoffs. And I'm absolutely <laughs> all for it is what I want to say on that one. Um, I mean, yeah. That, I mean, that was me. just that really. It wouldn't bother me if they're in the playoffs or not. Oh, no, like, well, you're telling real. me if, if, if the Knicks, if the Knicks, a Knicks Nets playoff series, that would be banging, mate. I'd right probably now. have, yeah, that, okay, maybe that, yeah, but I would have to eat a lot of humble pie if the Knicks end up getting <laughs> in the playoffs. The, yeah, Knicks like ridic- the Knicks play ridiculously slowly is the only thing that kind of, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing. But I mean, it would be it would be tasty on the way. But that is going to be uh, the podcast wrapped up there. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you follow us on all of our socials. We're at SwingmanPod on every social media platform imaginable. Check out our website, www.swingmanpod.com. And we will catch you in the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening and peace. <laughs>